Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the Backyard Banter Podcast. We're back after a, uh, a little week hiatus while I was out there seeing the, uh, the world uh, on the road trip. And, uh, you know, we're back. Uh, episode 29 here. Um, before we get before we get uh, before we get started, I definitely just want to say like, heart goes out to the people that are uh, affected by the which we're all affected by the what happened in Orlando uh, yesterday, and uh, really still kind of heavy on my heart. Didn't tweet much about anything yesterday. Just, just kind of spent the day off social media and just you know reflecting and everything. But um, you know, unfortunately, the world keeps moving, so we're here. Uh, we're here talking on the podcast, talking about life experiences, and hopefully we can. Um, Provide a little outlet to, to to get people through times like this and uh, in in reflection and everything and to, to help us do that not to put too, pressure, too much pressure on my guests here but <laughs> we have a we have a great guest on today it's uh, George Kritikos from Dynasty League Football I think I nailed that last name uh, yeah hundred percent man perfect he's the host of two podcasts the newly rebooted Dynasty League Football podcast and also the Dynasty League Football metrics podcast um that's a lot that's a lot on your uh resume there george but how are you doing today i'm doing great man and uh no it was a great intro it definitely was a was a tough one yesterday and it was my wife's birthday yesterday so that was not that was not really the day that uh (laughs) that we envisioned waking up to but you know you you compartmentalize that a little bit and kind of lead forward but no man great to be on you know i'm a big avid listener of the show and uh have enjoyed all 28 preceding episodes so yeah i'm excited to have my chance now yeah george uh tweets out like i feel like almost every episode which is very kind and uh, obviously his sucking up got him on the podcast eventually <laughs> Yeah, that you know, persistence pays off and all that fun stuff. So if you need a title, you can start there, and then we'll see if something better comes along through the next like hour. Oh, perfect. Well, I never, I never like to pick the title that the guest recommends. So uh, <laughs> automatically, that's automatically off the list. Uh, but no, uh, George is uh, is one of is really good writer. He's good um, numbers analytics mind in the in the football world, and we're definitely going to talk about that as well. But before we get there, I always ask the guest to start off, George. How did you come to kind of fall in love with football, fantasy football, the lot? Take us through that part of your story. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I started playing probably in like the mid 90s. I was young and I went with my uncle to a fantasy football draft and really liked the idea. And so the next year he got an empty team, you know, someone had left the league and I was able to join in. And so that's kind of how I started, uh, you know, doing redraft. And then uh, you know, went to, went to college and all that fun stuff and, uh, started working a lot. And, and in the meantime, did a little bit of blogging, I think back in the early aughts, uh, Fox sports used to have like a blog platform and I don't know if they still do, but, uh, used to do like some just for fun, like write some stuff on there and kind of hone all that, uh, type of stuff. And then, you know, honestly, I left, I left a job a couple years ago and that's what got me into the fantasy football writing part of it was, uh, I was in one of those like 80, 90 hour week stressful type of jobs and found a new role at a, at a new company and had all this time on my hands. And my wife was like, uh, well, girlfriend at the time, but now wife, she just said like, I don't want you sitting at home all day after work and bothering me. So find something else to do. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, I just started kind of blogging on my own. And then uh, the, the dynasty league guys reached out to me, they had an opening and, it just kind of worked out really nice and been doing it the last couple of years. And, you know, I love the leagues and I love playing, but honestly, the analysis for me is, is the funnest part, which might be a little bit counterintuitive to, to many of your guests. And uh, we can obviously get into that and nerd out a little bit more, but uh, we'll just kind of leave that there right now. No, I definitely want to talk about that because that is interesting because I feel I kind of feel the, the same way in, in a certain sense. Uh, but so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. So how long have you been at DLF now? Because I feel like I'm I feel like we might have followed each other before you were there. Or maybe I'm, I'm not sure, though. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we were probably following each other right around the time. Maybe I started because it's been about two years now. But I was reading your stuff back then. I think you were kind of, you know, winding up at that time and I was getting started. So it was nice, like. Like you and I think Graham Barfield, who you had on a couple episodes ago, were like two of the first people that I connected with. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, it was nice. Honestly, that's been a huge benefit for me of doing this the last couple of years is connecting with a bunch of people with like minded interests. But also I've been I've had a chance to meet some people in person. That's always fun too to kind of just get to know people in general, even outside of the football context. 
Yeah, that's definitely nice. And and it's cool to make those real life connections. You know, like I stayed with Sigmund Bloom and Matt Waldman while I was on my road trip. And it's just cool to have that. And I met Seth Cox from the Draft Breakdown podcast in Arizona as well. And and the fantasy footballers. Shit, I met a lot of people uh, <laughs> while I was on the road that I you know follow on Twitter. So it is it's really cool and just kind of, again, speaks to that um, that community aspect. So it was really just for you. You started writing essentially just because it was you needed something to not bother your girlfriend about? <laughs> well, I mean, I always had a passion for it. And I mean, you know, I, I forget who it was on, on one of your episodes, but someone was talking about, you know, when they had their leagues, they used to do like spreadsheets and, and all these crazy things to prep for leagues. And I was one of those people too. I'm a big Excel person and yeah. SPSS and some of those other fun uh, acronyms that, that people are like disgusted by, which is fine. Uh, but then, you know, I needed to find an outlet and honestly working 80, 90 hours a week was making me a pretty grumpy person. Uh, so doing something like this gives me a creative outlet. And then it also just honestly, like I enjoy it. I don't take it too emotionally. I think maybe some of the other people do. Uh, and because of that, maybe I just get a lot of joy out of it. And, uh, and it just makes it a, a great experience. I don't know. I guess I just, I, I like to, do stuff, but I like to, to make sure that one, I have the time to do it and do it well, but also too, that I know that I'm going to enjoy it. Cause if I didn't enjoy this, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd quit honestly. Yeah, for sure. Well, everybody, you know, if you're not doing it like full time, especially, you know, it's like, you're never doing it for the money. Even when you're doing it full time, <laughs> you're not doing it for the money. Let me just say that. But, yeah. So it's pretty interesting. So what, what exactly is your like day job background? I guess I would. would yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I got my MBA probably in 2008 now. So God, I feel old, but I'm not really that old. Uh, so I got my MBA in 2008. I worked, uh, I worked at Walgreens in their corporate office for like six years. Uh, hopefully they don't listen to this, but I'm not going to say anything bad about them. It's okay. Uh, well, it's not a sponsor of the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I worked there for a while and I used to travel a lot on the road and worked a lot of long hours, weekends, holidays, all that stuff. So um, and a lot of what I did was analytics and that's why, you know, my football writing kind of reflects that. And then I switched companies twice and now I get to work from home, which is great. Uh, and it's still kind of very analytics focused and that, and, and again, it all kind of plays into my football background. I think for some people, they like to find a creative outlet that maybe, uh, is completely different from what they do, but apparently I just kind of keep liking to do the same thing, which maybe is a reflection of the fact that I, enjoy the work I do, not just, uh, not just the football stuff. Yeah. I think that it, that is a positive uh, reflection of it. And when you're, when you, when your brain just like fires off in a certain way, I feel like it, it, it bleeds into every part of your life. Um, even kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I approach my personal life in the same way that I do with some <laughs> of my work, which eh, might be good or bad. You know, it, it depends uh, who, who knows, but that, so that's really interesting in terms of the analytics and everything that goes into that because that's kind of one thing that I, I wanted to bring you on to talk about because there is so much like more and more we're hearing you know analytics turn around and what whether that's in a positive or negative way or even just a neutral way it, it's definitely in our faces a lot more what does analytics in football mean to you George yeah there's a very big big question that you just asked uh <laughs> I know that like you know everyone has different interpretations of it and and like what is its place in the in the n f l and also in fantasy and all that honestly you know to me it's it's all different tools right i mean uh, you know I kind of mentioned my background a bit, and I think of film and analytics very similar to kind of where i where I've worked in the past a lot of what i've done is is retail based so you know for every store and every location that maybe like a Walgreens has, there's people in that store and they think that they know their customers and they think that they know, you know, everything that's being sold and everything like that. And, and I agree they do. And they have a certain, uh, you know, intellect and, and knowledge of, of the things that they, they see. And I, and I compare that to film. And then with analytics, I see it as like a, you know, just a way to kind of take all this information that, that's being collected through them, through other people and, and provide other opinions. And I think sometimes, and in many cases it matches up and we can get into the film metric stuff. Cause I think that kind of plays into it a bit. Um, but then I also think that, you know, it's, it's again, just like a tool to, to help give people information to make an informed decision. And honestly, I'd rather have a full toolbox than to just have one hammer to try to do everything. 
Yeah, and that full toolbox is kind of exactly like you mentioned the Filmmetrics podcast. What's so unique about it? If if you if you haven't listened yet, definitely you know you can subscribe on iTunes. I do. I listen to every episode those those guys put out. Uh, what you what you and Nick Whalen, another one of uh, DLF's writers, do. Like he's a very he has a coach's background. Uh, he's very like film heavy heavy like you know the eye in the sky what he sees that sort of stuff and you approach it from a more numbers based perspective and you guys talk like we'll cover like four or five players an episode and uh and like dig into the the film observations and the numbers and see where they are similar where they collide where they disagree that sort of thing so what was the impetus to start that podcast for you guys yeah, I think I think uh, Nick was trying to do some number stuff. I was trying to do some film stuff, and I think we both realized we're just not very good at at, at wading into the other person's area, and we mm-hmm. both enjoy it. I mean, you know, I know Nick has a passion for for the numbers, you know, whether it's from me or or just looking at it on his own, just like I do with film. And I think it was just a good way for us to kind of get the kind of trained eye, so to speak, of someone else. And then be able to almost validate our own observations. So, like, if I saw something on film, I didn't feel super comfortable that I was right. I like, I, I kind of thought I was, but having someone like Nick kind of confirm something for me, or just say, "No, you're looking at this totally wrong," that was kind of nice. And then I think those discussions just kind of led us to the idea, and it just made a lot of sense, especially considering. There's a little the, the analytics community. And all that. So yeah, I mean, and and Nick and I are friends, and and we actually live about twenty minutes away from each other. So uh, <laughs> we're maybe a little too close. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, it shows in the podcast, though. You know, the some of like, I think what do you call you call him like mom on a couple episodes or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we live a little bit of different lifestyles. I think uh, I think my scotch drinking might scare him a bit which is okay. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, man. I'll like send Embrace him pictures him. in hotels of hotel bars and I have a, a, a glass of scotch. He's like, it's three 30 in the afternoon. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm okay. Give me a break. Yeah. I'm Give okay. me a break, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. Well, I think I would definitely align with more of your side of that lifestyle than, than the other, but uh, that's, that's for a separate podcast discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, but it's really interesting. I, I, I like the, the idea of it. Cause I have to, I have to tell you, uh, I have to tell you, George, like just, and and everybody listening too, I, if there's one thing that just completely like bores me at this point is like the film versus numbers war. Like I, at this point, I, I can't even begin to describe how like over that I am. Yeah, it, and honestly, it doesn't make much sense because the the objective's the same, right? We all want to figure right. things out. <laughs> you know, we're just using different ways to get there. So whether it's a great film person like Matt Waldman, for example, or a great numbers person like a Kevin Cole. I mean, they're trying to solve the same question. It's just they have different methods to get there. It's like, so why not bring as much of it together as we can? People are probably already reading both sides of it. There's no reason not to bring it together in one platform. Well, and you know, there, uh, Sigmund Bloom has has mentioned this to me for for years. This this analogy. I know he said it several other places too. He really compares like kind of you know football Twitter or the industry to like a big academic department, and. Um, you know, and I think it's a really good analogy because just like in an academic department, you know, you have people like coming from it from different perspectives, like all trying to like work on the same subject matter, but coming into it with like, this is my approach. This is my methodology. And even though even like in a like in a professional school background, like in a, in a university, like they all still do. They're under the same curriculum. There's not like the little like kind of like catty infighting, you know, that there is on Twitter, which I just find to be like so so strange and like you said really counterintuitive to because it's just different it's just different approaches like i i think there's just like i I don't know what i don't know whether what it is like whether it's just i don't know what the objective is to doing like to being divisive about it yeah it's it's funny because i think that's a great analogy because you think about even a specific field of study whether it's psychology or math or science or whatever they're all trying to advance the field right it's all for like the better collective and i don't think that always is the case with fantasy football. I think it should be. Um, But I get that there's overlap and everyone wants to be the best in their field. But I think the way you do it is more a result of how good your work is, not necessarily disparaging the work of others. Yeah. And it's, it's just also kind of realizing that your methodology doesn't have all the answers, you know, that you can't fill. I think that's the biggest thing that I, like I always say that about reception perception, you know, that it's like, it's just one piece of the puzzle. I think I happen to think it's a pretty good piece of the puzzle. That's why I, it's why I do it. But 
you know, that there, there are other guys out there doing work that answer different questions than the ones that I answer or frame the, the answer to the question in a different way. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I didn't want to be the first to say reception perception on your episode. I wanted you to be the one to broach that, you know, cause I didn't want to be, I didn't want to glide hand you or anything. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I mean like, like, you know, it's a good example, right? Because it, it has an objective, but then there's other work out there that's incremental to it. And I think, you know, finding a more comprehensive result is always going to be better than just relying only on the one source, regardless of how good the source is. Yeah, for sure. It's just, and with, with football, I, I don't know, you can, you can kind of give your, 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 your opinion on this. It's, it's hard for me. There are some, there are some numbers that I, I think don't matter, you know, just like I think there are some film observations that, that don't matter um, because it's hard to isolate of like it's hard it's hard to isolate like a statistic when there are so many variables going on in football and i think like a lot of stats have a lot of noise to it i mean whether it's whether it's your most basic stats you know that's pretty intuitive that yards and even yards per attempt or yards per reception there's a lot of other variables in just the one player but so how do you, how do you kind of work with that when there is so many other variables going into one statistic like how what how do you know what to account for and what not to yeah, it gets crazy because then there's also like all the created, uh, you know, statistics and things like that that get even more complicated, you know, like, hey, here's the score to help measure this or so it gets even crazier and crazier. And uh, I mean, for me, I always like to start at the most granular level. So it's, you know, individual plays, play log data, that type of stuff. For me, that's always helpful for for the way that I begin, like an, an analysis of a player or a position or whatever the the work I'm doing is just because that's at the most simplest level going to give you, you know, information, right. And then you can kind of build up from there. So, you know, Rich Freebar is a guy who does a great job with, you know, Hey, yeah, this person was the RB 12, but let's start breaking down Mm -hmm. how they did it by week and, and what, what plays contributed to it. So I think, you know, that granular piece is always the best way to start, I think. Um, and, I, and I'm sure the film guys probably have a very similar approach, right? Where you're looking at individual plays. You're not just necessarily saying, well, it's this game and that's it. You know, like you're, you're looking at individual plays from different games and it, and it creates a better picture than, hey, let's just focus on the Dallas game. You know, it doesn't make much yeah. sense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it's, there's a lot out there and it's kind of scary. And honestly, at some points, there are people who put things out and, and it's a little concerning that they don't necessarily uh, provide context in terms of how is this important to whatever it is that your their objective is in this article or your right. objective is in reading the article. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like people will put out a, a statistic or anything and I'm like, why, why does that like, why does that matter? Or how did you like, how did you get there? Or like, yeah, what's what's the evidence to show me that this is an important piece of 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 data? And, and at the same time, the good the thing I love so much about analytics and you know especially when it comes to quantifying what you see on film like with what what i deal with graham barfield you mentioned is doing a great job with running backs now um and and waldman does in the rsp is that it keeps you honest you know it keeps you because you, you, there's so much that your brain will play tricks on you when you're when you're watching film uh steve palzola talked about that in his episode like your brain remembers the high highs and the low lows and that is absolutely true you know, there's nothing that grates me more. I think the most annoying thing to me is when somebody puts out like a, an, an evaluation on a player and he's like, well, it gets brought down on contact too much, first contact too much, or this guy never gets open. I'm like, okay, but what do you mean? Like, you, like how often is too much, you know? And, and where do, why does that, like, what does that compare to other people? Or he doesn't get create enough separation. Like, what, did, what do you mean? I don't know. You can't just say it. You have to be some sort of log of it to me. Well, I love, I, and, and not that I want to pick on people because, you know, people do it and it's fine. You know, people pick an individual play or, or pick an individual statistic to make a point, you know, like you said. And it's like, I don't, you know, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But statistics just like like film is open to interpretation, you know. Mm-hmm what what may be good for one player isn't necessarily good for another and that's okay because maybe they win in a different way you know maybe a theoretic and a marshawn lynch shouldn't have the same you know i don't know broken tackle numbers because they just do it differently but maybe they do but the way they get it is different so it's just kind of funny right like you can you can sit there and try to cherry pick and and 
come up with something just to, to, to enforce your own conclusion, or you can go in with an idea and then maybe it just proves you completely wrong. And, and hopefully that's the way that you go about it because that's what's going to teach yourself and honestly everyone else is, as much as possible. Yeah, I think that's that's really well said. And, and it's just, I mean, everybody says numbers lie. And, and you can use numbers to, to, to make up some bullshit, but your brain also completely lies to you when you're, when you're just watching a game. And so there's a lot of like, I don't know, there's a lot that you have to get through. And it just, again, it seems kind of like counterintuitive to me that people are, are, are fighting about that because no, like no methodology is perfect. And, and I think it's gotten, things have gotten better, but like it just, I don't know, there's, there's still some, there, there will always be, I guess, in, in our field, like a little bit of that for whatever reason yeah but, and know, and, and i know you've talked about it before you know i, I want to say it might have been tj hernandez maybe was one who was talking about it but but you had a couple people on who talked about you know in the last couple of years how much the community has exploded in terms of the sheer volume of content out there and yeah. the number of websites and everything else and i think everyone's trying to be first and uh that's not really important you know bright is that way to say it either but it's it's about being the most thorough and the most uh the most willing to to you know share your conclusions with with your audience i think is more important you know and and that's where it gets a little bit uh contested you know where and then the dynasty community is a great example because there's so many dynasty <laughs> websites out there now and uh everyone's just trying to find the new thing or or come up with the new theory or the new way to draft people or whatever it is and it's like that's not as important as informing people of what's out there and what's happening and hey yeah here's this new theory but you don't need to to try to shoehorn it into you know this off season because you want to try to get something before the season mm -hmm. starts yeah for sure that's one thing that's really important like if you're creating some sort of methodology or theory or something like give it a little time to marinate you know before you put it out there like or, or else you might end up thinking that Cordero Patterson is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have been guilty of that for a hot minute, but yeah. <laughs> oh no, I mean, I, I'm you know obviously I'm talking about myself too. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're see, look, film metrics all coming together, man. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all you know. We're all we're all prone to making mistakes, and it just it helps to it helps to have a little time to 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 let things simmer, like I said, but. No, I think that's a really good, uh, good discussing point. And it, like I said, if you haven't checked out the Film Metrics podcast, it's definitely a good kind of illustration of of the ideal marriage between the two. Even if the uh, even if the personalities behind it have a little bit of uh, differences in their lifestyle, yeah, just a little, but it's okay. <laughs> nah, that's all. That's all good, man. So, um, kind of getting a little bit more back to you as a as a, as a person, um, I, I think that you know I've had a few people on on my show that are you know, doing it part-time and like kind of want to do it and, you know, would like to do it full-time. And then there's some others that are like Denny Carter mentioned, like he just does, like he, he wanted that. Now he doesn't, you know, and there's, there's been a lot of differences in that. Where do you kind of, kind of stand on that? Obviously, like, it seems like you have a pretty good setup in your real job right now and you you have time otherwise, but uh, where, where, where do you kind of stand on that thought? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know what? I, I, I go back and forth with it all the time, but uh, you know, my wife and I, you know, we've been married for two years now. Um, and one of the big things, even when we started dating was we both kind of wanted to make sure we're pursuing our passions, whether it's professionally, personally, all that stuff. So, you know, over the last five years that we've been together in total, uh, she's switched careers twice. I've switched jobs multiple times. Uh, she's going for a PhD now, which is something she always wanted to do. The fantasy football writing was something I wanted to do for a long time. So we're very big on, on trying to, you know, pursue our goals, but then also understand the context of the rest of our lives. Um, you know, we, we moved up to Milwaukee now, uh, because of my wife's program. Um, you know, I, we lived in downtown Chicago before that because that's what I wanted to do. Uh, she probably was was not as keen on that as I was, mm -hmm. so uh, that's okay. But to get back to your question, you know, right now I'm happy with it being part-time. I think if the right opportunity came up, I, I'd always be interested, but I, I don't I don't think I have a preference. You know, like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate where I have a professional job that pays me well, gives me the flexibility to... To, to do football, to, to do work, to work from home, to travel to conferences and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then, it, you know, the football stuff has been great. I love all the people I get to, to communicate with and, and talk about, you know, football and, uh, and life, honestly. Um, mm. But, you know, right now, probably, probably happy with where I am. Um, 
but you know, again, I think, I think I just want to be open-minded and whatever the next adventure is, I'm, I'm totally happy to take it. My wife wants to live abroad uh, and my company mm. does, does work overseas uh, in a few places that she really wants to live. Uh, so maybe that's the next thing, but, but we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, man. I, I kind of just live, uh, I, I tell my wife, I live every year, like it's my best year. And uh, I've, I've felt that way, honestly, the last 10 or 11 years. Um, which is awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I just, I just kind of let things happen, man. And, and I know I sound very hippy dippy right now. And, and that's, no, that's, and that's funny cause I wear a suit like when I, when I go to conferences and stuff, so they probably don't think that at all, but no, I, I, I don't know. I'm just very happy with where things are. Hey, I'm right. I'm on it. If you're going to go down the hippy dippy leg or <laughs> now we're on the same wavelength for sure, man. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, I think it's really interesting. Like but also when you're part time and you're you know you're you have a full time job that really is demanding and and you know you have a wife too like <laughs> god uh that's that's the one thing that I'm <laughs> gross how do you fit that in uh into the schedule but uh, like so there is a lot that goes into into like fitting you know being as thorough and in depth and making good work a, as you do there's there's a lot of like i guess would you call it sacrifices or just differences and if I don't want to say we have, but uh, I, I definitely make it a point to get off of Twitter and, and get off of all the football stuff after, like if it's during the week, you know, in the evenings, it's it's her and I every night, you know, we like to do stuff together. So we, we make sure that's the case. So you, you if you look at my Twitter activity, you see very little between the times of like 5 p.m. and like maybe 9 or 10 p.m. because we like to spend our time together. Um, but as far as, you know, I, I write Fridays and Saturday nights, I'll edit the podcasts. Uh, you know, I get up early, I, I stay up late, you know, it, it's, it's a bit of a sacrifice, but I don't look at it that way. Cause I enjoy it so much. I just think of it more like I, like I said earlier, you know, I always try to be the things that I do, I try to do very well. Um, and if I felt like I wasn't doing something well anymore, whether it's being a husband or, uh, doing my job or, or the fantasy football stuff, I would. I would adjust accordingly, but I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I have uh, a nice flexible schedule and a, and a very understanding wife who's off teaching yoga right now. Um, <laughs> but oh, yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she left her law practice to, to teach yoga. So she took a big leap there and then now is a PhD student. So it's, it's, yeah, we kind of, like I said, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a wave, you know, up and down wave lifestyle of, of, you know, highs and lows, but it's all fun, man. And, uh, yeah, it's a, I don't know. I don't look at it as sacrifices, I guess. I just look at it as uh, it's all fun and, and I enjoy it and uh, I just find the time just, you know, but I always put my wife, I always try to put my wife first. I can't say I always put her first. I always try to. And I know your opinions on it and, and <laughs> it's funny because the way that, uh, the way that you, you talk about, you know, getting married and stuff is probably the way I talk about having kids, which is I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, not that, that sounds- I... Hey, other people have kids and they're great kids and that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, my wife and I aren't going to do that. And, uh, we get a lot of weird looks for that and that's okay because, uh, we're really happy with where things are. And, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, I I feel like not everybody should have kids. That's the, that's the problem. Like there's a lot of people that have kids that I'm like, man, you really should give those to someone else. Um, Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we could get down that rabbit hole. You know, you go to any Walmart and I feel like there's at least a one parent there that you could question their their parenting but honestly like you know we we like what we do and uh you know we always say like the difference between like having a kid and and you know if we decide we change our mind that's a little easier to do than like you get married and then you decide to get divorced right like i mean that's a little tougher maybe than having a kid and then saying oh crap i maybe shouldn't have had this kid that's why we're like Hey, let's uh, let's hold off and and you know down the line if if it's the right choice, there's there's plenty of kids in need that that we'd be happy to to take part, you know, and and adopt or or whatever it might be. But I know I'm getting a little little heavy there. But no, no. But I, <laughs> I mean, I always the only. It's funny that you mentioned like you know you go into a Walmart and you uh <laughs> you like you question a lot of people's parenting choices. The only the only the only reason like I ever have any inclination to have a child and. And I don't have, I mean, for one, I'm, I'm, I don't have a partner to have a job with <laughs> right now. That is a, an important variable. But I always say, like, the only reason I ever, like, have an, an, an inkling to have a kid is because I want to, like, raise a kid the right way and be like, see, 
that's why you're supposed to, <laughs> which is well, a terrible reason to have children. I can't, I can't make fun of Walmart too much. I actually interned there in, in Arkansas oh, like wow. 10 years ago. So I probably shouldn't make too much fun because I saw friends there. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, we're, we're, we're not there, but uh, you know, we're happy, man. And that's what matters. And uh, I always tell my wife, like, we just, we're enjoying life. So no need to plan it out too much. You know, sometimes just better let things happen. Yeah. And so I feel like you have to, you have to, in, in order to do like what we do, cause it is such a, I don't even know how to describe <laughs> it. Like if anytime I try to, I try to like describe, you know, Twitter or, um, even just like what I do on a day-to-day basis, like to, to somebody from, you know, the opposite sex or even like, even one of my, my friends, they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, what do you talk? So you talk all day with a bunch of people that don't, you don't know, or I'm like, <laughs> well, kind of, but, and I feel like in order to, to, and just like how much time actually goes into being good at this or somewhat good <laughs> appearing to be good at it. Uh, it takes like, if you're going to have another person in your life, like you do, it takes like kind of that same sort of mindset. And I feel like from your, just from your description of, of you and your wife's relationship, like you both are kind of like have a lot of passions. You, you have like, you know, careers and everything, but like being able to spend that time, like you said, just ride that wave together. I think yep. you have to have somebody that understands, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's uh she's always a very big multitasker, but not like in the workaholic way, just like I am. And uh, you know, we have right. fun with it and uh, you know, it's, it's uh it's a hard balance sometimes, but you, you figure it out. And luckily like DLF where, where I do my stuff, they're so good about, Hey, you know, if life is, is a little bit overwhelming right now, just figure it out and take your break and come back. You know, we've had so many writers that have, you know, uh, Leo Pasiga took a year off. Who's, who's yep. a great writer and, uh, and just came back recently. You know, he, I, I think his son was, uh, in his last year of high school or something, he wanted to spend more time with him and, and kind of took the year off from writing and, Hey, that's awesome, man. I think you got to prioritize things and do it right because, you know, kind of like what I, I, I said to you um, before we started was, you know, if you do, if you do something and you're not, your heart's not in it, the people notice, you know, and, uh, and whether it's a podcast or it's an article or it's, you know, doing the fantasy football thing in general, people are going to notice and, and they notice the people who really have a passion for it. And I think that's why, you've become popular, why people like Matt Waldman or Evan Silva or, or Sigmund or, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not calling myself popular, but I mean, even, even why people <laughs> read my work or, or listen to my podcast at all, I think it's because they know that I prepare and I, I really put everything I can into all the things that I do. So, you know, that's important, man. I mean, uh, you know, you don't want to treat people like they're dumb because they're definitely not. They, they understand and they have a, they can, they can tell, you know, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whether it's on Twitter or especially in podcast form, I feel like you can always tell who's into it, who's into it and who's not, you know, it's just like, it's like talking to a person in, in real life. You can tell when, all right, this person really doesn't want to be talking to me right now. I can, I can tell that they're over this conversation, you know, and it's the same way if you're like listening into a conversation on a podcast, I feel like. So, you know, it's a, it's a very good point. It's like when you sit on the plane and there's that guy next to you who like really wants to engage you in a conversation and you're just like, oh I'm not interested. Uh, you, you know, that it's kind of like that, you know, people can kind of tell, well, those people can't, but like, yeah, <laughs> those people, people do not know. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think most people can tell. So, I mean, hopefully I come across that way. And I think I think you do. And I and honestly, like a lot of the people that, that I've been fortunate enough to, kind of, you know, I, I can tell, like, I mean, I have great conversations with a ton of people about football and non-football. And uh, you can tell who takes joy in, in this and in life in general, because it, it it transposes, you know, if, if you're not happy doing your, your professional job or if you're doing this full time, if you're not happy doing it, it shows everywhere. Yeah. It, it really does. It, it's funny the airport thing. Like I, that's one. That's one place where I love talking to people. I love meeting new people and just I'll talk to almost anybody at any time. But if there's one place like I'm just not interested in interacting with people, it's like in an airport or on the airplane. It's like number one place I should just wear a shirt that says "No, thank you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the it's not the best social environment. No, it, it's just a lot of people just doing. I don't know. People get people like. I feel like people like check like check their brains at the door sometimes at airports too. Like just some things that oh man, it's frustrating. Well, yeah, I think that like just going through the whole process of the airport and like 
if you take a morning flight, especially they've been up since four or five in the morning, yeah. they're not, they're not ready to be, you know, very socially engaging, you know, versus the guy at the bar who's, you know, ordering a beer and watching a game. They're a little more likely to, to give you some actual conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but, so, totally, <laughs> totally agree. Um, George, a couple more questions here for you. One thing I know that I definitely wanted to ask you on the podcast uh, a couple months ago, or it was back, I think it was back in April or May, you sent me a piece that you wrote about, um, about your family and uh, some of like how some of the struggles that has, has, has been present in that relationship, especially as it relates to your, to your wedding and, and your wife and everything. And it was, and it was funny because when I, well, not funny, it was rude of me. No, but when, I, when I do, when I, I read it like back in April and then when I DM'd you to get, come on the podcast, it's like, Oh damn, I forgot to like <laughs> respond and like, cause I said, I was like, Oh yeah, dude, I'm definitely going to read this later. And I did. And then I forgot to message you back. Whoops. Um, that's, there's a little, there's a little, uh, there's a little thing about Matt Harmon, very bad at getting back to people on <laughs> certain, certain things. Um, but it was a really good story. It was really well written. Um, but it was, it was tough. Like it's kind of go, if you're comfortable as much as you yeah, are absolutely. kind of go in, go into the details of, of that, what you sent me there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first off, appreciate, you know, the kind words on the article and everything. And I honestly, like at first I, I wrote it because, you know, I, a lot of things kind of going in my head and, and it was a nice cathartic experience just to get the things down on, on virtual paper, if you will. Um, you know, so, so my wife and I, like I said, have been married, have been married for, for two years now. And, um, you know, my, my relationship with my parents and my siblings, I have a brother and a sister are pretty tenuous. Um, they were, I should say. Uh, and, you know, we, we got engaged and, and my parents were a little disappointed the, the route that we took to, to get married. You know, we didn't get married in a Greek church. My, my mom, at least, is pretty religious. Um, we're not having kids. My parents really wanted us to have kids, although they already have grandkids. So I, I didn't really understand why they're so worried about it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> coming from all sides, all sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and and you know my uh, my parents are are, are very uh, no filter types. You know, so they they kind of tell you what they think. You know, my my father immigrated here, uh, so his English isn't that great anyway. So it sounds even harsher when he speaks to you in English and and isn't happy about things. Um, but yeah, so so we had some bad interactions, and um, yeah, you know, I had to uh, kick my parents and my brother out of my wedding uh, at the actual wedding uh, for some bad things that they said. And um, yeah, it's been two years since we've talked. You know, it's been tough, and 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 my wife's had a hard time with it. You know, I think she was really hoping to to have good in-laws because her parents are fantastic. You know, I love her parents; they're 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 great. Um, so I think it's a little disappointing for her, and I know it's been tough, and and for me it's tough too because. Yeah, you know, they're they're my parents. They're my brother, my sister. You know, I grew up with them, and uh, and yeah, we don't have any communication anymore. And and um, you know, like I said, I, I have a great life, and I, I always consider myself very fortunate uh, with all the things that I have. And that's probably the one piece that stands out that's been a little bit a little bit tough to deal with at times. But um, you know, honestly, I, I I told my parents the last time I talked to them, it's important that that you have family, but it's also important to to treat everyone like family. You know, you can't just assume that the title is enough to keep the relationship. And so, right. uh, you know, I don't want to say all the terrible things on here, if you don't mind. I don't want to sure. drop, yeah, 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 to drop too many, too many bad words or anything like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, my mom attacked my, my wife with uh, some pretty bad verbal assaults uh, and uh, my brother too. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't a great experience, but Honestly, I'm lucky. I still have other family that's been good to us. Um, you know, we moved up here and, and I have a little bit of extended family out here. Uh, my wife's parents just moved out here last month. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, you know, it was a tough experience. And, and I guess the reason I wrote it and, and, and considered publishing and probably will, will, you know, pursue that is that, yeah, I think everybody has family and, and feel beholden to their family. Um, but you also have to be treated as an equal. And uh, I didn't have a relationship like that with my parents. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just important that, that whoever you do have a relationship with, you consider them family and you, you treat them as such, whether they are or not. You know, I mean, like Nick Whalen, for example, who I'm friends with, I, I consider him family, even though I, I barely know him, you know. But it's a tough, it's a tough thing, man. Uh, and that's probably why I'm very uh, involved with my wife, because uh, it was, a, you know, obviously the the not the threats but the 
kind of the the situation that happened with my family, it just made me that much closer to my wife. And uh, I know how great of a person she is and, and how wrong my family was. So it was an easy decision. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, you go through things like that together as, as a couple, then it makes you stronger. You know, I think that you, you bond tighter together, which is unfortunate that it has to happen in that way. But no, I mean, it was from my perspective, like, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine like, my parents feeling that way about my parents and my parents are divorced and whatever. So there would never be like a, a joint interaction or anything, but like I, it, I couldn't imagine like my parents responding that way. So it was really interesting to read your, your story. And I appreciated you, you sharing it with me. Like, I don't know. It was, I'm struggling to find good, good words for it. I guess it was just, if you ever do publish it, I definitely would encourage people to, to read it. And I always encourage people to publish and stuff like that just because, I mean, I think that's one of the themes of this podcast. Like everybody has some sort of story to tell. So everybody has some sort of like, everybody has a little bit of, you know, baggage. If you, if you don't oh, mind sure. maybe calling it that, I that mean, I've, I've, I've put mine out there and, and all that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to get to know people that in that way that you wouldn't from their football work is, is fascinating to me. And it's part of the reason why I do the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, uh, you know, it, it's been a fun ride with my family. Uh, fun is probably not the best word, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it was a long time coming and, and unfortunately, you know, it, it, it devolved and, and involved my wife, which it really shouldn't have, you know, I think they had bigger issues that they were dealing with and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough, but yeah, I, I love the stories too. I know Graham Barfield, when he was on kind of talked about some issues he had in the past and, and I can 100% sympathize, you know, mine, mine goes back, you know, 15 years with my parents of back and forths and, uh, you know, deceptions and all this fun stuff. And, and my whole family's pretty crazy to begin with. Uh, I tell my wife these stories and she 100% doesn't believe me, but I swear they're true. You know, mm. the, there's there's lawsuits in my family. There's been fistfights and embezzlements. Oh and I mean, it's it's like a, it's the like a Greek you know, tragedy type of thing. And it's, yeah, I know. I appreciate the irony of it too, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, man. And, uh, my wife doesn't have that kind of background, you know, her family's pretty tight and, and, and close and they don't have the, the drama that mine does. So, you know, I'm always big on, on cutting out the drama if it, if it exists and it doesn't really help you. Um, yeah, that's true in fantasy football too, to, to wind it back around. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love a lot of the writers that are out there, but there are some that are tough to follow on social media because they, they get a little bit too, um, I don't know, I guess they go, they go in directions that, that I'm not quite as, uh, as, as keen on, you know, I think everyone should definitely share their personal stories and their opinions and everything. But sometimes those opinions are a little bit more drastic than, than I would care to, to have as part of my timeline. So yeah, I don't have well, a, I don't have a problem cutting that out. Well, that's a perfect kind of segue to the question that I've been asking a lot of people like you re recently, and you can kind of expound on the point that you were just, you were making there. You know, I, obviously you listen to the show, you know, I always end up asking the guests like, What's something that you see in the industry that, that you don't really like or, or kind of rubs you the wrong way? And if you want to keep kind of expounding on what you were just saying, you know, feel free to do that as well. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a you know, a, a no asshole policy on mine, you know, where I, I, I cut out anyone who uh, who starts uh, attacking other writers or, or other people. You know, that's that's a big no, no for me. I think there's a good way to go about it and uh, and, and have a discussion and there's a, a bad way to go about it. And I think the anonymity and the like platform of social media kind of lets people think that they have this this free reign to, to go however they want and uh, I try to treat it more like a like a professional environment I wouldn't want especially if you're someone going full-time I would not want to have that social media resume if you will to to contain all the stuff of like oh Matt Harmon th this article so stupid and you're dumb and why do you keep posting pictures of your dog and you know <laughs> your 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 website's idiotic or you know what I mean but like you know you have those people who do that stuff and it's like that's not productive to anybody and it's like you can just simply unfollow if if you don't like what that person puts out and so anyone who attacks in that way I, I unfollow pretty quick and honestly any writer who does that too I'm, I'm pretty quick to unfollow them because I love a lot of people's work and I read a ton of stuff um, and there are some people who are great in terms of interactions on Twitter I, I, I definitely think you're one of them who's very accessible and very polite and and good to the people that you speak to and I think that's the way you should do it and I don't think that that you're not entitled to defend your point. I totally think you are. If someone says, Hey, I think you're wrong about Devin Smith or something. 
go ahead and, and defend yourself, but you don't need to, to, to get personal. And anytime someone does that, I kind of, I kind of go in the opposite direction, but um, yeah, I kind of have that general thought in terms of the community as a whole, anyone who's attacking websites or writers or anything like that. I find that a little bit lowbrow and honestly, I just don't think that's the best way to go about it. I think you should speak with your own work and how good it is and not have to worry about other people's work if you're uh if you're trying to compete you know just just put yours out there and people will know it's better if you did a great job yeah like it kind of speaks to the the earlier discussion about the film versus numbers debate you know like people will read uh the content if it's good you know like i that's all if that's the thing like what is the objective of like you know bashing another person in the industry like it doesn't necessarily you know like other than getting a other than getting attention like what, what, what really is the point? Because it's not like going to, you know, I don't, I, what are you trying to, are you trying to take reader, readers away from them to and bring them to you? Like that doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I, I, I think of it back to like my professional career and, and I'm sure you can speak to it, you know, prior to, to working full time. I mean, these communities are so small, like professional communities, as well as obviously the fantasy football community, small, even if you don't attack the person directly, like if I attack someone, you know, right? You're going to find out about it and you're not going to want to hire me, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's it's not, it's just not in your best interest to do that. And I, I just don't see the benefit of it. Even if you're someone who's already working full time, I mean, there's no benefit to treating people like that because they're, they're patroning your work and you should be grateful that people find your work so valuable just as they should be grateful that, that you're willing to share that work with them. Yeah, for for sure. It's just yeah, it just seems seems strange to me, especially from a like working full time perspective. Like, you know, someday might things might not work out at NFL, and you know, I want to go somewhere else. It would be nice not to have burned every <laughs> every right. bridge in the book. Well, and if you decide to get out of writing, who knows which follower is the one that helps you get into the field you want to do? You know, it's good, it's it's pretty point. crazy. You know that that people are so brash <laughs> on social media. I guess I just, I don't know. Maybe I just don't come from that uh, that type of background or something. And, and maybe I'm just a little too laid back. I've never actually had to block anybody or, or really like mute anyone. Like I've, I've unfollowed people who I think just in general have been jerks to people, but I've never really gotten it myself. And maybe it's, maybe I've been very lucky. I'm sure you've had it, <laughs> but I've been lucky. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't mute or block that many people, honestly. Like it takes, a, it takes a lot to, it takes a lot to, to bug me in that sense. Like, well, I, I say I have like three like hard and fast rules. Like I'll block you. If you say some racist shit, if you say some homophobic shit or some uh, like, or, or if you use the R word, sure. that's, that'll, that'll get you blocked immediately too, especially come from coming from where I used to work. Like those, those things I have no tolerance for, but like other than that, you can, you can bash the hell out of me for a, for a few tweets <laughs> or disagree. I, I don't really care. Um, if you're annoying, I might I might mute you, but I have a few people muted here and there. But but yeah, it takes a lot to to really to piss me off, I guess. Um, outside of like those three things, and and I don't really I don't feel like I have that many people following me that would that would, you know, act like that anyways. Or maybe I'm being idealistic. But George, this has been this has been really great. I really appreciate you coming on the show uh and after, especially after listening to all the episodes this is the gold star you get uh <laughs> <laughs> but i before you know before uh before we get out of here i always like to give the guests one last shot at the floor uh with any parting words before we uh sign off so before i yank it out from under you the floor is yours yeah i know that you do this too because like i said i listened to all the episodes but i like couldn't couldn't prepare anything necessarily i said you know i'm just gonna just gonna wing it and and see what happens and how the conversation leads me to whatever this might be by the um, way i love that i love that steve palazzolo in his episode like it, he was the one he was the first one that like ever commented on that he was like <laughs> you know you do this to all your guests and nobody seems to really like this part <laughs> like, actually whatever. i actually like it i think everyone comes up with good stuff i think everyone's uh everyone's a little bit nervous at first you know to come up with the right thing to say i don't think there is a right thing i was gonna say there's really no right thing to say just say no. whatever the hell you want yeah, honestly, like, you know, and, and I'll probably reiterate things that I've said throughout the podcast here, but, you know, it, it's all about finding, you know, that that thing that makes you happy in life. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to pursue this, whether it's part time or full time, if if the rest of your life is is not going too well. I, I don't mean that in like a, you know, a, a income way or a economic, you know, anything like that. I mean, just simply, you know, if you're not satisfied with with your home life or your 
you know, your work life, if you're doing it part time, it's going to be very difficult for you to thrive in this community. I think you have to come in, you know, honestly, very optimistic, very um, excited, you know, and you have to keep that excitement. And that that can be hard, you know, to keep that excitement. You know, there's some people who might try to beat you down a bit or uh, disparage your work or, um, you know, maybe you don't have much success in the beginning, but I think it's just important just to to be happy and enjoy it. And, uh, and really, you know, the people that are in this community, I'll say the, the ones that I've met, whether it's in person or, you know, through podcasts or, uh, on Twitter or whatever, I mean, they're all very helpful. I I've had a lot of luck, uh, reaching out to people and talking and, and learning a ton and, and getting help myself. So, yeah, I, I always say, don't be scared of that stuff, man. The worst thing you're going to get is a rejection and, you know, if it's anything like my high school prom, you know, rejection's uh, kind of the course of action. So, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, you kind of pick yourself up and you go to the next one and you ask again, and that's okay. Um, and like I said, you know, there's a lot of great people out there. And and hopefully I, I can be a resource in, in my small way as well, you know, whether it's even helping one person out. Uh, I, I definitely love to do that as well. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Perfect. Well, that was you. You stepped up to the plate wonderfully there with the uh, with the hardest question of the podcast, <laughs> apparently that, that people are, are are catching on to. But George, again, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, really do appreciate it. And thank you for listening and always sharing the episodes again, you know, gold star to you for that. And um, and uh, if you're not following George, you know, definitely Roto Hack on Twitter. Very, very good follow. He's, he's, he's got a lot of good information. The podcast that he's on are one of the many thousands that I listened to whilst on the road. So uh, I definitely, of course, in, endorse that. But and everybody listening, you know, thank you guys so much. We're kind of winding down here towards the end of what would be what will be season one of the Backyard Banter podcast. And I really appreciate everybody tuning in and, and following along. Uh, you know, continue to share the show and we'll, we'll continue to make this thing the best that it can possibly be. So again, thank you all so much for listening and I hope you learned something today.